You are listening to The Political Periscope, a weekly podcast brought to you by Radio WNET. Interviews on international politics, security, geopolitics, economy and more, every Thursday at 7 p.m. Today's interview is part of Radio WNET's project on the Bucharest 9, the countries of NATO's eastern flank. Our guest is Atis Lienz, member of the Latvian parliament. Political Periscope Russian aggression on Ukraine has changed the, the relations in Europe. How? Well, look here, there's not only changed, it's co- we're going to have a completely new uh, security architecture. And it's not only Europe, it's the world, because don't forget, China is watching, China is learning how weak the Russian army is, how hopeless they are. Because uh, <coughs> it's not just Finland and Sweden joining NATO. That is not really the big question. Of course it's important. Russia has lost Germany. Uh, in which way? <laughs> Germany, number one, is the central pillar of European security. That's why the American bases are there. That's where the Americans train the Ukrainians today, in the Bavarian, their Bavarian military bases. That's why the Americans can send a Hercules to Riga in three hours with a rocket launcher, which the rockets go 300 kilometers, and then return, fire them from the airfield here, and then return. It is the center, and in history it's the same thing, First World War, Second World War, yeah? Because of that, of the Second World War, Germany has, even until today, a guilt complex against Russia. Skillfully used by the Russians, skillfully. That's number one. Number two, Gorbachev allowed Germany to unite without fighting. East Germany joined West Germany. So these are the two big cards that the Russians have had. And now look at everybody, beginning with coal. We won't talk about Schroeder, okay? <laughs> no point. Even Merkel. And even today, Scholz was careful about not sending heavy weapons to Ukraine. Because Russia, you know. And Macron. Russia has lost uh, Germany, but hasn't uh, Germany lost its leadership in Europe? Uh, Very good question. Well, I was going to say this. Uh, Germany, uh, I mean, Putin, I don't think Putin has recovered from the fact that he he has not fully understood he's lost Germany. Schultz, you said Germany lost leadership in Europe. I don't think that is so important as Russia losing Germany, because without Germany, with its guild complex and everything else, enormous investments. <sighs> Nord Stream 2, increasing all the time gas import, imports from Russia. Where is Russia going to make money in the future? Nord Stream 2 is completely dead, and so is Nord Stream 1. Because Europe, yes, Europe is going to decrease dramatically its dependence on Russian gas. And you know what's going on. Finding new LNG, Africa, everywhere else. Well, you said that uh, Russia lost Germany in Europe, but it still has its allies. Uh, There is uh, this uh, party of uh, 
piece for old price uh, and it's still uh, there and it's they are talking right now i know uh, but uh, you look at the big moments in history these people will always be around i'm 79 i lived in sweden i've lived in america i've lived in australia all these people that you talk about in sweden all the biggest writers the big, some of the leading journalists were all pro-Russian. Maybe not so more anymore, but they were supporting China, then they were supporting Cambodia, you know, Red Pot, the Pol Pot and everything else, Cuba and everything else. They come and go. They come and go. And when the dust settles in Europe after this tectonic shift, these people will say, well, 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 what will they say? We will be stronger. And then you will see, uh, let's see what China says about this. How China might change its opinion about Russia. We know that Russia is a client state of China, you know, client state. Everybody knows it. Russia, I mean, China is very skillful, but they, they see that their client is not so smart. and <laughs> They can't fight. That's important. In the next big uh, problem, the next big challenge, what to do with China? Hmm? So, what to do with China? <laughs> what to do with China? I headed the, the NATO parliamentary delegation, the subcommittee on security and defense here just last week. The thing that scared us most of all about China was the social networks, you know, well, Facebook, everything else, TikTok, and everything. What if China succeeds in setting the norms for the social networks instead of the West? Then we will have 1984. Remember that book? That really scared us. And China is so powerful. It's already doing it in China. Everybody have face control completely. Look what they're doing, the Uyghurs. That is our biggest challenge. In this whole context of new security architecture, uh, what is the place of Latvia? What is the place of Baltic states? What is the place of Central Europe, uh, including Poland? Yes. <clears throat> our central place was telling always our Western partners and friends, don't believe Russia. <laughs> and we were right. Putin fooled everybody. Well, Merkel woke up in 2014. But even then, everything continued. Nord Stream. Every, even then. Even then. But she supported, she supported the third package of sanctions, which were a bit harder than the previous two. Uh, so uh, if we are no longer uh, afraid of Russia, because Russia has lost this war completely, I mean, having lost the Blitzkrieg against Kiev in the first few days, you know, we all knew in Latvia this is the end. The Ukrainians have won the war. It was only battles afterwards, and we were right. So that was our main function. Then we can make Europe stronger, so it, Russia never gets that strong again, that it can attack us, you know. That means not selling gas and oil in the future, you know. Uh, we, Europe can be stronger, and Europe has to work very, very closely with America for obvious reasons. For obvious reasons. But of course, in the Pacific, Pacific you already have four states. China calls them the Eastern NATO. Japan, India, Australia, and 
America, Canada. So that, that, is, the, that is the big future. Uh, I forgot to say, I think Russian people support Putin. They have the imperial gene in them, you understand. They can't believe in Latvia that something like this is happening in uh, Ukraine because Russians are always nice and good. Soldiers come to, you know, free you. And now they are confused, you know. But there is one part that supports Putin and one part that supports Ukraine. And in the middle, you have people in total confusion. Imagine if this happens in Russia itself. If the people start doubting, why was this war? Why are there so many dead soldiers? By the way, Ukraine has hundreds of dead Russian soldiers. They're dead, but they're kept in freezers because Russia doesn't want them back. Can you imagine, even the Russian people, if they realize the soldiers are there, a country doesn't care for them, I think they'll wake up. I think there can be turmoil in Russia. So when do you think they will wake up and what to do with Russia after the war? Uh, what to do so it's not... Uh, aggressive anymore. Yes, the main thing <clears throat> is they must pay for reconstruction of Ukraine. Okay? Uh, we have the Federal Reserves of the Russian Central Bank in here in the West, wherever they have their money. That is almost one billion uh, dollars or was it euro? Anyway, that's, good. that's a good beginning. Then are all the yachts and the castles, <laughs> everything else are the oligarchs. Uh, our vice president in uh, the European Union, Valdis Dombrovskis, he is already looking how these frozen assets can be confiscated for Ukraine. That's the first thing. With Russia, there is not much we can do, you know, because whatever you do, you will do it wrong, you know, and then you get blamed. For example, they say now, Putin says, we're not fighting Ukraine, we're fighting America in Ukraine. Okay. So whatever you do, you will always do something wrong. And it's too big a country to, you know, to, to, to influence. So I have no other answer except, well, we know what was the civil war in Russia in 1917, 18, 1920, you know. Well, it was bloodless when Yeltsin took over from Gorbachev. Gorbachev, you know the story. What will now happen after Putin? I think there's a famous saying the in Russian history, the time of troubles. There will be a time of troubles. 20 years, maybe 30 years, 20, we don't know. It's a big country. Yeah. So the end of Putin, and, but how? How to end Putin with Putin? And what next? Uh, you think some coup of state or um, democratic Could, elections? Yeah. Well, you, it's a, you can call it a palace revolution, you know. But uh, I think everybody in the palace are, are afraid of him. But uh, it's, I, I'm a, I used to be a historian, but history always surprises you, always. So I, I can't say what will happen. But I don't think anything really will happen unless the Russian people get disgusted. 86% now support Putin. If it falls down to 40%, that's dangerous. Yeah. So who knows? Nobody knows. But once they get the full information, things, but I don't know, Putin, he will not live forever. Okay? And then they'll be free to do and to decide. We don't know. That's why Macron and Scholz today are very afraid. 
because they're asking the same question. So we mustn't, we must say Putin's face, but I say let's wait till after Putin, not Putin who started this war. So you say that uh, well, this is the end of Putin. Uh, the the war is uh, the, the war is already lost yes. by Russia, uh, but uh, the fight uh, fights are still ongoing. Uh, yes. Azovstal fall, and uh, what to do? What can we do to support them? I think finally we are sending the big guns to Ukraine. The Ukrainians have been trained in a lot the Bavarian bases. Americans are training them. Maybe other nations are training them too. We used to train after 2014, not Russians, uh, Ukrainian soldiers, but Ukrainian instructors who later trained Ukrainian soldiers. That's why we were certain that the Ukrainian army would fight because we knew uh, four years we were in Ukraine you now. We knew how, what was going. You were probably do, doing the same, but I think. But uh, the big guns, they're going there. And you know the story. The uh, Haubitzers from the West, from Germany, America, Great Britain, they are better than Russian Haubitzers because they shoot a little longer and uh, they have a little bit more firepower. And this war that we are now waging, it's not a war anymore, it's battles. Um, it is a battle of tanks and howitzers. And if the Ukrainians have better firepower, of course, they will push back the Russian army as they have in um, Kharkiv, Kharkov, yeah, Kharkov. They're back in the border there. And uh, they will push them back to the line of contact, Donbas. I wonder, will the Ukrainians go in, cross the line? I don't know. That's a big question. Should they? <clears throat> well, Zelensky has said he wants to free all of Ukraine. But th this is going to be difficult, isn't it? This is going to be difficult. I, 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 yeah, you ask me. Yes, yes, yes. Why not? And shoot a few more meters inside the Russian territory to what they did to Ukraine. But have to be very careful diplomatically. Because uh, if you win a war, well, Ukrainians are not stupid, they will not go to Moscow, you know, <laughs> that's clear. But they will free their territory, and they have every right to do it. They have every right. In international law and international code of conduct, if your country is attacked and part of it is occupied, you have the right to drive the occupiers out. And there's one thing that's interesting. In Donbas, they are mobilizing the, every young man to send against Ukrainian army, right? It's not working. These young men are running away. They, they don't want to fight. No morale, total chaos. Maybe they will greet the Ukrainian army when the Ukrainian army comes into Donbas. So when the war will end? <laughs> Good question. I don't know. I don't know. Soon? I think so. Because Ukraine has the weapons now. Uh, by the way, it has also airplanes. They have more MiGs now than they had before the war. The modernized MiGs from Poland and Slovakia and so on, you know. Uh, they fight so much better than the Russian army. Russian army is demoralized. Let me make a guess. Now is what? Almost June. June, July. I think by the end of summer it'll be over. Okay, thank you very much. This was the Political Periscope. 
The podcast is released every Thursday at 7 p.m.